So we are continuing our series, which is called Life Hacks, and uh, we talked about this a bit last week, but life hacks are really simple things that help us to be able to do things better. So when we think about life hacks, we think about uh, DIY things at home or making furniture, and uh, DIY hacks that help us to be able to do that better than we would have thought of before. We think about DIY hacks in terms of uh, being able to do cleaning around the house and to be able to do that more efficiently than maybe we'd thought of. We think about uh, life hacks that are to do with work or with study that help us to be able to do things uh, even better with these really simple principles. And so we're looking at the book of Proverbs to be able to understand some of the simple principles that God's given us that enable us to be able to live life the way that he wants us to be able to live. And so last week we talked about a very simple principle, trust God. And we talked about how trusting God is about the idea of thinking of a bed, that when we lie down in a bed, we trust that it's going to hold us, that it's going to support us, that we're going to be able to rest. And so when we think about trusting God, we're thinking of that same idea, being able to lie down on God and trust that he'll support us, that he'll hold us, and that he'll enable us to rest in him. But we also talked about how trusting God is about honouring God with everything that we've got. And also trusting God in those times when things are a bit challenging and trusting in God's correction in our lives. So today we're going to talk about a very simple principle, what it means to work hard. Now as we get into this, I want to say a couple of caveats up front very, very clearly because I know even just hearing those two words, some of you are a bit like, "Ah, (laughs) on edge, work hard, what do you mean? So for some of you there might be a visceral, emotional reaction about this idea of working hard to say, are you kidding me? I already am working hard. Are you going to tell me that I have to work harder? I am completely exhausted. I don't have any more bandwidth for anything else. How on earth am I going to work even harder than I already am? I want to say in particular that this has been a really, really hard year. And I have lost track of the number of conversations that I've had with people who are feeling absolutely exhausted. And it shouldn't shock us because we have gone through a lot of change going into March and everything that came after that and then coming back out of that. But still living in this reality that we live in where everything's sort of normal, but it also sort of isn't. And so basically everywhere that we go, we're reminded that life isn't exactly the way that it's supposed to be. And so many of us are just feeling a sense of exhaustion purely because of that. But some of us have also spent a lot of time working through this year to try and keep things going. And so we might think straight away, are you kidding me? Working harder? What? Really? For others of us, we might uh, feel a sense of guilt that kind of comes up because we know if we're honest with ourselves that we possibly could be working a little bit harder, but this reinforces some things about the fact that we're just not quite getting that right. And so that can make us spiral downwards, which is not a very positive thing either. For some of us, we're also possibly going to feel a little bit sad because we would love to be able to work harder, but we just can't because of mobility issues, because of illness, because of age, because of our situation at the moment. There's just no capacity for us to be able to work as hard as we would love to be able to work. And so that can produce some feelings of feeling sad about that as well. So I want to say up front, that's not the purpose of this message, to beat you around the head, make you feel guilty or make you feel sad. That's not the intention. Uh, However, it is important for us to wrestle with those emotions as we go through what we're going to talk about today. In reality, when we talk about this idea of working hard and what we're going to unpack in the proverb, we probably could have said this another way and said that this is really about giving our best. It's not about us saying that we need to be working 24-7, as we'll see. It's also not about us saying that we have to be perfect. 
But it's about wrestling with this question about whether we're giving the best that we can give, whatever that looks like in the current circumstances. So if you have some of those emotional reactions, just hold on to them and uh, hopefully by the end of the message we'll kind of come out the other side of that in one way or another. So Proverbs chapter 6, starting at verse 6, says, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Some of you might react instantly to that. Lazy bones? Come on now, easy. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labour hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. So as you can see, there's a little bit for us to unpack in this proverb today. We begin by recognising that this is a great reminder about whether we stop and pay attention to creation. That God has hardwired things into creation and into nature about the way that life is supposed to work. And it's a great thing for us to stop on a regular basis and to be able to think about how nature works and to say, am I aligned in the way that I live my life with the way that things in nature operate? In particular today, we're told to take a lesson from the ants, to learn their ways and become wise. Now, it's an interesting choice to think about ants, because I don't know about you, but when I think about ants, I think about these small, annoying little creatures who get in everywhere, particularly when they get in your kitchen. It's over and it's very frustrating and annoying and hard to get rid of them. But ants are actually really incredible creatures. They can climb everywhere, as we know, and they can get into really, really tiny spaces, which is pretty amazing. But we also know that ants can carry between 10 and 50 times their own body weight, which is pretty extraordinary when you think about what that looks like. It's also amazing when you think about the way in which they work together. So we know that ants love to go and search for food, and when an ant finds food, it leaves behind a scented trail so that the other ants, oh, that smells good, can know where to go and to find the food as well. And so they work together really well. They'll often carry the food together. If it does weigh more than the 50 times their own body weight that they're able to carry, then they'll work together as a team. And then they bring that food back to their nest where they actually create storage areas to keep the food safe and dry. And if for whatever reason the food does get wet, then ants actually take the food out of the nest and they put it out in the sun to dry. Which is pretty amazing when you think about these little creatures who think that way and then they put it back in to store it. What's even more amazing, I didn't know this until this week, is that ants also do a version of farming. So ants work with some other animals, some other insects in particular. So one example is aphids, where they actually work with aphids to protect them and to keep them dry as well so that they don't get wet. And they do that so that they can have the honeydew that aphids produce. So in some ways they kind of farm aphids, (laughs) keep them together, look after them so that they can then feed off of the produce that the aphids produce. So they are actually pretty amazing animals when you stop and think about it. So what can we learn from these incredible insects? Well, the first question that we can wrestle with is, am I leading myself or do I have to have others pushing me in order to give my best? Verse 7 says, Though the ants have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labour hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. Now the words that are used here for prince and governor are actually some words that would have been very, very familiar to the Israelite people when they would have heard this proverb. Because they're the same words that were used for the people who were in management in Egypt when the Israelites were slaves. And so when this imagery comes to mind for the Israelites, they would have heard this imagery. 
They don't need people like you had when you were in Egypt or like your ancestors had who were driving you so that you would give your best. They definitely would have understood very much what was being said here. That this is about having someone who's looking over your shoulder, barking orders at you and then physically pushing you even further to make sure that you give all that you can give. The challenge here is whether we are people who are self-motivated to give our best or whether we have to have someone who's looking over our shoulder and telling us what we have to do, continuing to push us in order to give our best. Are we allowing God to bring out the best in the way that we use our time, in the things that we do, in the priorities that we have and the things that we're involved in? Now, it's important to say this doesn't mean that we don't have to have anyone else in our lives who can encourage us and challenge us. We firmly believe in how helpful it is to have other people around us, mentors, coaches, peers, people who can challenge us and inspire us and help us to be the best that we can be. But the question here is to say, do you have to have someone like that in order for you to give your best? Or are you self-motivated to be able to give your best and then have those other things help out with that? The second question that we can see in this passage is, am I doing the things that need to be done when they need to be done, as I think about this idea of giving my best. We're told that the ants work hard all summer knowing that they need to plan for the rainy season. So ants don't sit around and say, do you know what, I'm really tired this week, so I can't be bothered going and getting some food. Let's just hope that it all works out and takes care of itself. They do what they can knowing that they've only got a limited amount of time and so they make sure that they make the most of that so that they can then make sure they've got enough food stored up for the winter. So the question for us is to say, are we giving our best in the way that we think ahead, in the way in which we plan things out? Are we making wise choices now that help to set us up for what's coming next? Are we making good decisions in this season that will help us for whatever the next season is going to be? Are we giving our best to the things that need to be done at the times that they need to be done? Or are we putting things off? and then feeling overwhelmed or like we don't have enough time. But in reality, it's just because we didn't actually plan ahead or we didn't do the things that needed to be done at the time that they needed to be done. And the example that we're given here is about sleep. So verse 9, But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Now, it's important to say this is not having a go at someone who never does any work and just refuses to work and does nothing all day. And when we read the word lazy bones, we can kind of take that as that's fairly harsh and offensive. Or you might remember when you were a kid, or for those of you who are a bit younger, you may have even had your parents say this to you recently, come on, lazy bones, it's time to get up. That's more the context in which this is being said. So it's not this real attacking way of being able to say lazy bones and uh, other translations use the word sluggard, which I think is probably even more offensive. But lazy bones is really, come on, lazy bones, it's time to get going. This is not someone who refuses to work ever, but just someone who continues to put things off, continues to procrastinate, continues to get distracted by other things. And so those are the words that we read there, just a little longer. We could probably interpret it as just one more hit of the snooze button. I'm sure nobody ever does that in a morning, but just one more hit and maybe just one more snooze and maybe just one more after that as well. The words that we read about a little folding of the hands to rest are this kind of beautiful image of doing this, just a little folding of the hands to rest in a sleeping posture. 
Now, it's important to say, this is not about saying there's something wrong with sleeping. And I would even go further and say there's nothing wrong with having a nap either. I know some of you are big fans of nana naps, and that's perfectly fine. I think that that's great. Many of you have earned them and deserve them very much. Rest is really, really important, as we're going to talk about in a couple of moments. But what we're wrestling with is what are the excuses that tend to get in the way of us giving our best? Just a little bit more sleep, just a little bit more refreshment. And the question is really to say how much is enough? When we decide that we're going to watch one more episode of our favourite show on Netflix or one more YouTube video or we're going to do one more game on our phone or we're going to read one more chapter of our book or we're going to just do one more, whatever that thing might be, the question is what's that going to stop us being able to do? And so it might be helpful to think about what are my just a little longers that get in the way of me doing what I know that I need to do? What are my just one mores that if I'm honest with myself, I know stop me from being able to give my best? Because the challenge is ultimately that it all catches up with us. So verse 11 says, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit and scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. There's a couple of things being held in tension here. The first is say it will pounce on you. So it's this idea that it will kind of come out of nowhere as a big surprise. All of a sudden, where did that come from? But it will come like an armed robber where there's this sense of it being overwhelming, feeling overpowered, feeling like there's nothing that I can do about this. What's really being said here is when we choose not to give our best, when we choose not to plan ahead, we find that time gets away from us. And I'm sure none of you have had this experience. Where did the day go? Or where did the week go? Or where did the year go? But just this sense of like, wait a minute, how did that suddenly happen? Sneaks up on us. But then we shift into this mindset of saying, I feel overwhelmed. I feel powerless. I feel like there's nothing that I can do about it. I feel like things are out of control. So let's get practical. Let's talk about some practical examples about how we can kind of put this into practice. First of all, for those of us who go to work throughout the week in different types of workplaces, what does this look like for us? Well, the first question is to say, in our workplaces, are we self-motivated or do we have to have someone else who's pushing us? So as we start each day, are we in a place where we go to work with an expectation of being able to give our best because that's what we want to do? Or do we have to have our boss or someone else looking over our shoulder pushing us to be able to give our best? And then when we're at work, do we do the things that we need to do when they need to be done so that we can make sure that all of our work gets done? Or do we find that we put things off, we procrastinate, we get distracted, we get into conversations with other people, and then at the end of the week suddenly realise, uh-oh, not everything's done, and then we end up having to take work home with us? Now again, caveat in place, I know some of you work really, really hard, not because you're not getting your work done, but just because you've got more work than you can do in the 40 hours that you're at work. So this is not telling you off for any of those sorts of things. But this is just saying, as I'm honest with myself, are there moments where I'm not planning things out, where I'm not getting the things done that needs to get done, and that then has an impact on what happens when I get home at night or on the weekends? Some of you are at school or at uni, and so for you guys as well, same thing, being able to practically think about what this looks like. What does it mean for us to give our best? Am I self-motivated to go each day and to do the best that I can do, or do I have to have teachers or lecturers or tutors breathing down my neck to make sure that I give my very best? 
And am I doing the things that need to be done when they need to be done? Or am I just kind of putting things off, especially with a little bit longer? Just another Netflix episode, just another YouTube video, just another this, just another distraction, just another TikTok video. And then all of a sudden, where did the time go? And how is my assignment due tomorrow? How did that happen? So are we doing the things that need to be done when they need to be done so that we can give our best? For those of you that are at home on a regular basis, each day, are we motivated to give our best in the way that we look after our home, in the way that we look after our family and the responsibilities that we've got? Or do we have to have the pressure of someone might be coming over here, so I'd better make sure I get things organised? Are we giving our best in that context? But also, again, are we doing the things that need to be done so that things are actually done when they're supposed to be? Or are we getting distracted, procrastinating, putting things off? Now, once again, another caveat, I know things happen. Life is complicated and things get in the way of us, the best laid plans. Now, this is about wrestling with those moments where, if we're honest with ourselves, we know that is because I regularly get distracted. It is because I regularly have one of those, just one more, just another's, that then stops me from doing the things that I want to do in order to have my house the best that it can be. And for all of us, we can think about this in terms of our relationship with God. To be able to say, are we giving our best in our relationship with God? Are we self-motivated to take time to build and cultivate our relationship with God? Or do we need someone else breathing over our shoulder, forcing us to read our Bible and to pray and to make sure that we're spending time with God? But more than that, are we planning ahead and are we doing the things that need to be done when there's opportunities to do that? Spending time with God is one of the easiest things to drop down the priority list. I don't know whether you have this experience, but I do on a regular basis. These great ideas, I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to do some exercise, spend some time with God, and then often what ends up happening is I open my phone or my computer and then I end up doing this and this and this and this, and then all of a sudden it's time to go because I've got something on and that time wasn't what I had hoped it would be. Are we making it a priority to do the things that need to be done when they need to be done? Or do we put it off and then all of a sudden say, when was the last time that I spent significant time with God? A few days ago, last week, a few weeks ago. So are we making it the priority that it needs to be? Now, as I mentioned at the start, I want to be really, really careful about this because this is not supposed to be about making any of us feel guilty about what we're supposed to be doing. It's not supposed to be implying that we're supposed to be always on, that everything always has to be planned out way in advance so that we can make sure everything's under control. That's not at all what's being said here and it's not what I'm trying to get across either. This is not about us never resting. When we look at the ants, we recognise that they work hard all summer and then they rest all winter. We recognise that that's baked into creation. And so one way of being able to say this is maybe to say that we want to give our best so that we can rest. We want to give our best so that we can rest. And I think it's helpful for us to listen to some words that are familiar to us that come from Jesus. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus is very clear that he wants us to experience rest in our lives. We're not created to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
There's nothing wrong with us resting. There's nothing wrong with us having hobbies. There's nothing wrong with recreation, which is what recreation is all about. There's nothing wrong with switching off. In fact, all of those things are vitally important for us to be able to give our best. But Jesus does also say that we need to take his yoke. And this is imagery that would have been very familiar to the people who are listening to Jesus, the idea of some ox or some cows who have this piece of wood across them that helps them to be able to normally do farming things, but to be able to carry things, but to share the load together. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. And what he's inferring in that is this reality that we're supposed to be working in partnership with Jesus. There is work for us to do, but it's not all on my shoulders. It's not all up to me. There is this sense of us being able to be carried and work together with Jesus in the work that we're doing. So in those moments where we feel overwhelmed, when we feel like things are out of control, we need to stop and say, where is my time going? What are my priorities? If we're feeling overworked and stressed all the time, we need to stop and say, maybe some of the things that I'm carrying are not actually the things that Jesus wants me to carry. This is why it's so important for us to learn how to be able to say yes and no to things, to recognise that every yes we say to something is a no to a bunch of other things. And so we need to be regularly stopping and saying, am I living the way that Jesus wants me to live? Am I working in partnership with him? There's this beautiful balance that's there that we need to be able to rest in order to give our best. If we're not well rested, then we can't give our best. But we also need to give our best on a regular basis in order to be able to make time to be able to rest. And when we're rested, we generally give our best, which then enables us to continue to rest. It's a beautiful cycle and balance that's there. So I know there's a lot to process. And so I want to give you an opportunity to be able to do a bit of reflecting on this and what this means for you. What do you sense that Jesus is saying to you this morning? And the question we're going to use to do that is this one. How am I balancing giving my best with experiencing rest. So thinking through the things that we've unpacked, the first thing you might like to think about is, am I leading myself? How much am I self-motivated to give my best? And how much do I rely on other people to drive me and help me to do the things that I need to do? Am I being self-motivated to use my time and priorities the best way that God wants me to be able to use them? For some of us, it might be about planning ahead and thinking about the choices that we make, being able to say, am I being wise in the decisions that I make and the choices that I make? For some of us, it might be about this idea of putting things off, wrestling with what are my just a little longers, what are my just one mores that I know ultimately get in the way of me being able to give my best. And for some of us, it is the challenge of saying, are we embracing rest as a regular part of our lives that enables us to be able to give our best? could be something that's completely different to all of that that you sense that God's saying to you. I'm going to give you an opportunity, a couple of moments, to be able to stop and to reflect. Uh, you can feel free to share with the person next to you if that's helpful or drop some things down on your paper. Uh, but take some time to reflect on what that means and what that looks like heading into this week. And then we'll come back and pray and transition into communion.
pray together. I just want to give us a couple of moments to be able to take some deep breaths and to recognise that as we bring this time to a close of reflecting on these thoughts, that God loves us as we are. That our goal is not to be working full tilt so that God might somehow accept us or love us more, but that right now in this moment, God loves us. And so I want to encourage you to take a couple of big deep breaths and to recognise that God looks down on you right now with love and acceptance and favour. God, we do thank you for that truth, that you love us as we are. We thank you that you baked into the very beginning of creation this idea of rest, that you didn't create us with a mindset we have to work all of the time, especially to be able to earn anything, but that you created us to live out of a sense of rest and to live out of a sense of freedom that comes from our relationship with you. And so I want to pray for those of us who struggle with that, who struggle with feelings of guilt, who struggle with feelings of need to achieve, needing to achieve things so that we can prove ourselves to you or to others. We know that that's a big driver for a lot of us. And I pray that you would help us to continue to understand that none of that stuff impresses you, that you love us as we are and you love us for who we are, not for the things that we do. But at the same time, I pray that you would help us to unpack what it looks like for us in freedom to be able to give our best and as we head into this week, that we can give our best in all of the different circles that we, work, that we walk in, whether that is work, whether that's at home, our relationships, whether that's at school or uni, wherever it is that we're involved. We pray that you would help us each day to get up with a sense of wanting to do our best, simply because of all that you have given to us. And so for those moments where things get in the way of that and for the choices that we make that stop us being able to do that, as we talked about last week, We want to be open to your correction and to your discipline that helps us to be able to be the best that we can be. And ultimately, our desire is to be able to do that so that at the end of each day and at the end of each week, we can rest in you, knowing that we've done what you called us to do and knowing that that's enough. So we pray that you would continue to help us as we move into this week to balance all of these things out. And thank you that we continue to do that in relationship with you because of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.